Soundbites Radio is your source for candid discussion aimed to create a world that's inclusive, spiritually connected, living in love, peace, joy, harmony, and abundance now. Content ranges from social justice to racial equity, religion, arts, culture, and more. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. Hey, hey. We got to start with the smooth vibes on a Saturday (laughs) afternoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another edition of Sound Bites Radio Radio. on WVMR, our effing station, bruh. Yes, sir. This is Sound Bites Radio with Miss Nefera Tumati Ra and uh, this is your boy Hasir Kanefera. And uh, this is the place where black. Black consciousness is the claim. One world is the aim. Every week from two to four p.m. here on WVM Radio, WVMR. Shouts out to DJ Mainstream in the building with us today. Uh, we're gonna have DJ Zelo Ray in the building in a little bit. Shout out to Shells, who's a guest up in the station today with us. Thank you. Um, yeah. So what's going on in the world today? A lot of stuff happening. <laughs> this has been an incredible week. Blessings, everyone. So, as you guys can see on the live feed on Polar Cash page, um, mm. we're also we're also on the live feed as well. Soundbites International. Make right. sure you like, um, like and follow that. Share it with your friends and family. Yes, um, share the discussion. Join in on the discussion. Join in on the chat. Please do any you know feedback yes, or please. you know some That's commentary com- questions. Yes, please should. feel free to join us on the live feeds on on, on both spectrums. All right, and uh, also listen in on wvmradio.net. And the WVMR app on Android and uh, was that other one? iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that other iTunes, thing. iPhone. iTunes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Bro. Bro. 
up? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, today's been great. It's a great day. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and um, connect with you all. I put on my Polar Cash page that, you know, join us in the discussion of creating a post-racial America. So mm-hmm. here at Soundbites Radio International, we stand for a world that's inclusive, spiritually connected, living in love, joy, harmony, and abundance now. Ashe. Ashe. So, and inside of those bookends, right, are dealing with certain things that are facing our society today that aren't in alignment with creating a unified spectrum of inclusion, spiritually connectedness, love, joy, harmony, and abundance. So this is why when I say, hey, join us in the discussion of creating a post-racial America, yes, post-racial America being a world where everyone is inclusive, spiritually connected. So mm-hmm. if you're standing in that space and there would be no division and then we would have an inclusive space. Mm-hmm. So, um, so our efforts are centered around fortifying one another in discussion and commentary and providing some factual information, um, from our books and research, et cetera. Um, and also a lot of commentary around, uh, having a, a bigger conversation because, um, our particular spectrum is such that, you know, we don't get into a lot of, uh, anything that creates division, you know, and when we discuss something is strictly for the purposes of creating a narrative around it so that people can become proactive around it and create an action plan in order to deal with the circumstance, right. whether it's a black experience, a white experience Everything and the peoples of colors experience <laughs> and all of our spectrums of humanity in between and everything else. Right? right. So there are certain things that we definitely want to like handle front facing and be with, um, particularly for those who are in a place where they want to elevate. Absolutely. So, yeah, this week has been insane for a couple of different reasons. So, I think I want to like touch on Demetria, the 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 oh, meme yeah, that's yeah, yeah. going around. Yeah. So uh, that's that's. <laughs> that's <laughs> foolishness, right? This is some foolishness. <laughs> it is like I thought about it is like maybe crack up. <laughs> um, so I did with the Demetria, who is um I don't meteorologist. Know I think she's no, she no, she. I think she does traffic on a, okay. on a, on a news station. Okay, I think with Channel Eight yes. News traffic. or something like that. Yeah. Channel Eight News. Um, forgive me for not knowing exactly where. Uh, but it was Channel Eight News. Demetria is um this woman, uh, black woman, woman of color, all these titles, um, who does the traffic report. Now apparently right. she went, quote unquote, under fire, uh, by uh. One of the, uh, I guess, regular, uh, what do you call it, viewers? Viewers. Yeah, yeah viewers. Miss Jan, Jan something or She's rather. just being known as Jan now. Yeah, like, Jan. everybody's just, just like, you know, reduced her to, like, her and, name. And it'll probably be symbolic of, like, every similar person having a, uh, was it a white culture experience? John, Jane, Q Public. <laughs> right. John, Jane, Jan, Jan, Q Public, etc. So right. Jan apparently expressed her concern around Demetria um, as a... Uh, what she said, she's. I'm paraphrasing. She was like, "Oh, what's going on with the, you know, with the news? Having um this woman who's a a, a 16 or 18, which is probably way off in her measurements, a six of size 16 or 18, fitting into a, a size six trying, dress, trying, trying to, to fit, fit into, into a, a size, size six dress. dress, and she looks so ridiculous. And I'm not, I'm no and longer going to watch it. She's provocatively right. dressed. I'm no longer going to to watch this news station. So she just threw out the whole ass Bless news it. station for this. Throw the bath water out with this, the baby. This one moment of a traffic, uh, you know, what do they call it? Traffic reporter? Yeah, traffic yeah, reporter. Yeah, it's a traffic reporter. Like, but she's a traffic report yeah. because she's a curvaceous black woman. Right. Um, who is wearing a dress that fits her as it fits her, right? But 
apparently this is too provocative for the news. Um, I guess she wanted her like I don't know some granny nighty in a dress or something. Well, at like the end that. of the like, day, it really <laughs> speaks to so exactly who are you, Jan? Like exactly right. who are you, right? Because apparently this woman, regardless to what she may be looking like, applied mm. for this job, right. was given this job, and you know she brings the news as she brings as the news. she brings the news. So <laughs> my know, thing like is. Else. What I would like to like examine around that is like, who are you? Like, and this is, right. but see, this is why at Soundbites we talk to the people. We talk to the people so that the people can be the difference that's different mm-hmm. in creating a space where we live outside of, uh, uh, where we live inside of a racially, you know, right. a raci- racial equity in America and around the world. Right. So talking to the people, so I have to say to Jan, so exactly who are you? <clears throat> like, and what gives you the right? To judge someone based on their appearance, what gives you the superiority mm. to believe that you can even have an opinion about that? How about you mind your business? Mind all of your like, business. Like, I'm just saying, like, mind your business. Every like, I mean, she got junk, you know, her dress is size 16 or maybe it's a 6, whatever. It was red. It's it was nice and bright. Like, But so what? Why is that your business? Right. And is it, that affecting her ability to do her job well? Exactly. I'm look, just saying. You want to look at these things, like, how we, how we perceive uh, people to be in their right. respective fields and their respective professions and their respect respective places a representation where they be individually of a whole. Her, I guess in this place, in this case for Jan, she represented the whole damn news station by wearing this this dress and like reporting the traffic. Jan, they, Demetria. No, I'm saying in respective to Jan's perspective. Oh, okay. This woman, Demetria, this 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 traffic reporter is representative of the whole news station to where she like no longer wants to follow the news station altogether. They just and that's fine. But you know, people, company. this is what, see, this is the discussion around people who have had a white cultural experience. Right. So this is what happens when we start talking about biases and racism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the ability being racist and having the ability to affect change because of your own biases. Right. And then it, it, so what you're willing to do is you're willing to create an entire uproar against this woman and essentially against this station and now bringing on a bunch of people to come and join your position and bring attention to your position. And now what you get to do is you get to minimize this woman, which would then make, you know, let's just look at the, 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 the the domino effect of the possibilities here. It, it, it makes, which is why another thing is true. The higher you get, the wider it get in most organizations. So because white people don't want to see black people in positions of prestige up front because of their white cultural experience, now companies are going to think twice about hiring people of color. Mm-hmm. The higher you, you go up, the whiter it gets, right? Mm-hmm. That's a problem because this, there are people that are in that dynamic. There are people that are a part of making those things a reality, Right, and this is why I said mind your business because Jan, like Jan and whoever else, like that's irrelevant. Now, if her if her junk affected her ability to do her job, if she was in a circus and she needed to be a tightrope, if she couldn't maintain her weight and like you know center herself and be effective at like walking the tightrope, then I could see you not wanting her to be like in that position. But the fact that she has junk. And her dress was, you know, whatever they decided that she was okay with wearing on screen because somebody had to approve her before she walked on screen. Clearly, Jan. Somebody approved her before she walked on screen. So if that was so, apparently she's been approved. And if you didn't really like her outfit, then okay, so I didn't like her outfit. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, we watch the red carpet all the time, and we don't particularly care what some of these celebrities come out in, but are you stopped buying the albums? Have you stopped, you know, watching the movies that they're in? Like, 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 no. Like, so you're making this a really big to-do because this is a woman of color, which really demonstrates 
your personal bias and just flat out racism. Right, and it, and it leaves those pieces to be examined because there's levels to it. Because then you deal with like not only she's a person of color, black person, a woman, woman. of color, black woman. Is this oh, not only just a racism thing? Is it really like an insecurity thing? Is it like a, a, a well, know, I saw, how, I saw like, Jan. The objectification type of thing. They like, showed us a picture of yeah, showed us a picture of Jan. And I, like if it was a like, you know, self esteem issues and all that type of whatever. If that was the case, and like I can I understand your concerns, Jan. <laughs> you know, right, but, but I'm willing to be with you in that. But too. I'm willing to be with you in that. But I'm not willing but to have also, you deflecting. At the end of the day, though, we also want to look at what the the, the the dynamics are. You know, it's this curvaceous black woman on screen. She's not like in a, a suit and like hidden and all these type of different things. Like there's, there's a new age. Just like you know, there was a thing with, with Teacher Bay or whatever last year mm. with the, the black woman that was well, a no, that's woman. a little bit different. Okay, as a parent, that's going to be a little bit different. Okay. Um. And the reason being is no, her being curvaceous doesn't affect her being able to do her job effectively. But to the, to teacher Bay, I would have to ask her, right? And remember something, friends don't let friends do dumb shit. I appreciate you, Brenda. How are you, dear? Um, so at the end of the day, you want to be like, as a parent, and you're in front of, what were they, fifth or sixth graders? Was it junior high school? Whatever. I think it was junior high school. Like, in the center of, like hormonal like what the heck is going on with these young people at this time in their lives mm-hmm. right so at this point your curves don't keep you from doing your job but it allow it, it's a distraction for the children okay it's a distraction um and it also speaks to and there's another conversation that i always talk to women about holding your sexuality I'm a keen, I'm champion one for holding your sexuality. I just don't believe that you have to show up in your ass and titties. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that your position and how you show up in the world has to be specifically about your curves. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So there's a difference in being curvaceous because that's how, as Demetrius said, I was born like this. Like, I didn't go buy this. And if you did, that's another conversation. But I didn't go buy (laughs) it. Like, same thing with me. Like, my grandmother gave me, you know, she didn't give me a dry cleaner, a chain of dry cleaners or a chain of car dealerships. She gave me all of this junk. And it doesn't (laughs) matter how thin I am, it's still there. So, at the end of the day, whatever. However, (laughs) I don't show up in the capacity of my body. And I, that's not because I'm diminishing myself because I understand how somebody else is going to perceive me. Oh, people are going to... Per- I don't care about that. I'm an intellectual, so therefore I don't show up as my body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Achilles says, sounds like she just has too many curves for their insecurities, but I notice all these newscasters dressing casually sexy now. Yeah, uh, Especially the Latrinas. Uh, thank you. So the, what is the problem as long as she carries herself respectfully? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah. And that's the thing now. They're wearing these low-cut ja- jackets nowadays. They're wearing these shirts with mm. these little mo- uh, low drifts yeah. because it's a sense of there's a couple of things that's happening with our society. Women are being are being permitted Okay, so now it's not a focal point. Women are being permitted to be inside of their femininity. Now, femininity and being half-naked and being in your curves and your boobies and your booty and your hips and all of that, that's not the same thing. Mm. Being feminine and being sexual are two different things. So being in your feminine energy will have you be a, a showstopper, will have you show up in the space powerfully with regardless to what you were wearing. Right. That's femininity. Right. Now, sexuality... You know, 
I'm just saying. Like, it's just it's just two different. It's like, you know. I mean, I got another woman in the studio. We got, you know, the snaps is coming through. Because I want my women to understand, my sisters to understand that, you know, when you're creating your self-concept, you really don't want to have it rooted in how you look. Right? If the anchor in your self-confidence is based on how you look, it's a demonstration that some other things need to take place in your life. And in your heart, spirit, in your mind, in your center, in your spirituality. Wow. Right. Um, now, being in good health. Right. Because everybody's not going to be a size two. I see you guys out there. OK, thank you. Like you're going to want to be like you don't you're going to want to you're going to want to deal with that. You know, if your confidence is based on how you you fashion your outside because you basically you want validation from the outside world for people to give you applause and thank you and all of these things and all of that then that's going to be an issue, right? And Demetria, when I saw her interview, she answered and responded to that like, um, so, right. you know, you know what you can do with all those opinions, and I'm not really here for that, so right. whatever. <laughs> you know? like, There's nothing I can yeah. do about my body. And she Sorry, didn't even try it. Jans of the world. Like, whatever, <laughs> like, and she was I like, whatever, that. like, kick But rocks. if you're going to let that hinder how you view and how you listen to the news and how you can get a better understanding of what your right. day is going to look like, your commute, and all those things, if that's hindered, by how I look, then uh, you might want to, you know, address some conversations you have and but go, it's a going on with your goings on. People's in the white cultural experience, they want people of color to show up in assimilation. Yeah. You see, we're not going to show up. See, and I, and I have a poem in uh, volume one, Acceptance Through Assimilation. I always keep my little raggedy oh, copies of, of my deferred. book because I never have been and talking Amazon about them much. Now. My queen deferreds out here. Um volumes one and two and I have a poem called acceptance through assimilation mm-hmm. so we as a culture of people out of survival there was a time when we believed that our only option was assimilation to the system which make mm. like people like Jan making sure that people like Jan are comfortable right and that they're comfortable with what we wear how we show up you know and all you know so oh and I also wanted to touch on which I thought was funny Jan had a retorts and everyone was everybody in their mind was putting under heat so she was like oh I, you know I apologize it was not I didn't even know Demetria was black it was just that she's provocatively dressed like really Jan you didn't know what how could you not know she what was difference black does and, it when, make? and and they does it like because I mean I don't see the white sisters out here getting it getting it okay. listen these white girls listen <laughs> like these girls with the white cultural experiences out here, I don't know how they getting this junk. They done went somewhere, they done got it, but they done showed up with all of the curves, <laughs> all of the hips, all of that junk. So, and at the end of the day, they there. It's, it's, and it's nobody, is, nobody is saying a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anissa, I love you, my love. She's so That's sweet. This is beautiful, you too. Thank you so much. Yes, beloved. Thank you so much for your support always. I love you. But it's something to examine. It's know? something to examine. Right. I'm just saying, these, right? These little tidbits and, and as you see, sound bites as we address them, right? Because sound bites, beastly addressing these pieces and be- yeah. bits and pieces we come through throughout the day in our everyday living that we get to address and assess as hopefully as a way to kind of reprogram what you know what's taking place, what's working and what's not working, how we can and get to a better space. how we get to be with each other. Be with each other, exactly. Because, yeah. you know, we say black consciousness is the, is the claim in that, you know, within understanding and, and gaining a better, you know, uplift around black consciousness is understanding how that looks in, in different perspectives of humanity. That means with other cultures as well. That means when, mm-hmm. when we discuss, like, white cultural experiences, it's, it's black con- the black consciousness conversation is not just 
exclusively just a black consciousness conversation. Absolutely. It's how black consciousness shows up within our communities and, and other people mm-hmm. um, and how they get to experience and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, know what I'm saying? So And how we get to be enrolling. Yeah, exactly. Because there are some black folks who are like, you know what, I ain't got time to be teaching up white folks and I ain't got time to be doing this and doing that. Mm-hmm. See, and this is the thing, when you're fortified in such a way and you're trying to create an equitable space, when you show up in the world, you're going to be like, people are going to be drawn to you. People are going to be drawn to what you're about and what you're creating and who you are. If that's not happening, then you want to check in with who you're being. Right. Like point blank period in the discussion. In order for me to hold you at your highest possibility as being a com- as being commissioned as so many of the people in my circle, like we've created a life circle of people who 99.9% of them are in the space the way we are. Right. They are committed to this world. They're committed to this life. And we have varying degrees of how we be that. Right. So and, and the goal is to draw in new people to, to branch out and build the community out even bigger. Right. And the sound bites are like a space for fortification, a space for, you know, and there are some of our people who are, quote unquote, conscious, whatever the terminology you want to choose, you know, elevating. I, I choose that, you know, you are the enlightened one. You all have access to the Buddha. You can all be the <clears throat> enlightened one. Like you don't have to wait for someone else to give you corridor corridor. Or passage, safe passage to be enlightened. Like, I'm not going to hold you there. I'm going to hold you for being proactive and being an asset to the overall experience. So that's what the soundbites gets to support being with people because people are the ones who are going to be the difference to shift the outcomes that we are all experiencing. You get it? So that's everyone. That's the white cultural experience, the black cultural experience. Listen, this is the human, the, the the community of humanity. Period. Yeah, running the gamut, right? running the gamut of humanity and what that looks like for people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, yeah. Quick, quick shout out. Um, another revolutionary on the rise and, oh, and all shit. this. Shout out, brother Colin Kaepernick. His birthday was yesterday. His oh, born happy day. So, birthday. got to celebrate the you Give know the, the, the rising. Kaepernick. You know Woo-hoo. those about you know the equity and the, and the justice and you know fortification of the people. So, de- definitely in these times, it's great to see what what change is affected. You know, as of um, him taking a stand. So, much love to you, brother. Happy birthday. Hopefully, it was joyous. Uh, we got DJ yeah. Zilla Ray in the building. She's going to join us in Zilla the Ray. You know, She'll give us the yes, musical tunes through the, through, through the remainder of the show. Um, and it was just interesting. I was on, we were talking about earlier on the train. I was like, I didn't even realize he was with um, his current uh, partner. girlfriend, partner. Uh, only two years. Yeah. You know, within and within that two years' time, look, look how much has, you know, kind of shifted. You well, know. there's a couple of conversations to be had about your yin and yang energy. Okay, yin and yang, talk about um, it. Your partnership and who is your reflection. Exactly. And as we are all creators of our own destiny, as though we may not accept responsibility for that, but we are. Um, and the problem is the fact that we're creating unbeknownst to ourselves, so therefore we're creating stuff that we don't want to see. So, you know, here the sound base will support you around redirecting your focus and having us creating and being proactive. Excuse me. Around creating what we want to see. But in that yin and yang energy, you want to be careful because your partner should be holding you to your highest possibility. Mm-hmm. They should be helping you to elevate. Right. The whole idea about yin and yang is not like someone completing someone else. It's two whole beings coming with what they got to fortify the space with. And keep balance. Yeah, and keep the balance. Exactly. It's about the balance. 
and it's not like a staple. Like you're not yin today and I'm yang tomorrow. I may be a little yang today. You might be a little yin tomorrow and we may be a little yin today. <laughs> yin and yang exactly. back and forth. Uh, and, and the thing about Kaepernick's partner is that she has obviously been holding him to his highest and calling him forward because as a man of color, if you want to go by the America, one drop of black blood rule, well, um, then there you go. And that's just how that's going to be. So we're likely to have children who are going to be, you know, Kaepernick is going to birth children who are multicultural. Yeah. Um, and they have to be in the world. Blessings, Anastasia. Hello, my love. Sister Queen, good to see you. Um, it's going to be really important to be able to be a contribution to a world that you're going to leave your kids in. And your queen is going to call you forward mm-hmm. to be in action around that. Like, your your queen is going to call you forward. Like, all the getting in the world, like, you could be getting, 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 which is fine. All the getting is cool, and it's good to treat yourself well, and it's good to, you know, have luxury and things like that. However, if that becomes the foundation of your existence on a day-to-day basis, then you want to check in. Because be clear that you would be committed to an assimilation. of This is an assimilation. The life that we live today is an assimilation, and it is what I, I consider to be a busying. But Sister Bessie, blessings. Thank you. I love you, my love. Um, uh, saw you early today. You was rocking out. Okay, Al. Better get at your girl, Bessie. She, you know, she does makeup. She's working with a company called Unique. Check her out. Um, yeah, so that's a thing that you want to really, like, check in on. You want to be with where you stick your fork in. And humanity having a shift in their position and how they're showing up in the world today is something that's new. So... Being committed to a different world and having people of color be committed to that and your partner is going to call you and have you be committed to that. You know, like, yeah. you know, we can, we've had partnerships where, you know, they're power couples and they just push, 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 get that money. Get out there and get that money. Yeah, go get. Okay, that's well, that's one and good. That's well and good, right? Because, but also money as a tool to do what? To give yourself a new car so that people at church will say, oh, you look good because you got a new car. So what? I mean, and, and half of the time when you talk to people of who are having a white culture experience or black culture experience, they don't care about the people that's looking at them. They just want them to see them. How does that make sense? They don't really care. They're not intimately connected to those people at their associations and affiliations and banquet halls and communities and union halls, etc., and churches, but yet they want them to see them. Mm. That's the idea of being seen. Any publicity is good publicity. And maybe, and it's interesting to look at that on a, on a personal level too, because that's like what a lot of people live with every day—the validation of the external, you know, forces they run into every single day. Mm. Whether it's people they don't like, people they like, family members, friends, the dog, all <laughs> getting whatever validation you can they from can the less. outside world. Yeah. So we want to level up as a humanity, because in order for us to support humanity, definitely not all of my sisters. More than that, you daggone right, it's more mm-hmm. than that, Bessie. It's more to life than being committed to what you can achieve in terms of those external things that can come and go fickle exactly. and fleeting. Exactly. Um, and if you're a person who's built it once, if you happen to lose it by any circumstance, you could build it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so blessed to be able to fell forward. I fell forward so many times. This thing looks so fluid for me. People look <laughs> at me and think I'm some kind of genie. Actually, I'm not. But I fell forward a lot. Yeah. So I, I've learned lessons from my failing and it gives it gives you opportunity to learn how to get on get on your feet quicker 
It's like the talk I went yeah. to the other day with um with, with the, the my sister Ch- Jade out there. Blessings, my sister Charlie Jade. Charlie Walk was like, um, I had heard it in this way. He was like, if you're gonna fail, fail fast. Fail fast and like, fail, fail forward. Fail fast, fail forward, and keep Lisa moving. Lisa Nichols says, fail forward. Lisa Nichols, sister Lisa Nichols Absolutely. says, fail forward. Um, yeah, fail fast and fail forward. Yeah. You know why? Because that's the that's the scary part. Yeah. The scary part is getting started. That's what our people run into a lot. Yeah. You're worried about being embarrassed. Oh, listen, my clothes been funny looking a whole long. My my clothes been funny looking for a long time. Okay. I started off being funny looking when I was in elementary school, being the daughter of a deacon in the church. You know, I was wearing penny loafers, and you know, I didn't have all them sweatsuits and all them Reeboks and all them ponies and all of those sneakers. When I got those ponies, when I was like nine, I was that was the best thing in the world that I could have thirty dollars for one pair of sneakers for one person in my house was a that was a big deal. So I've, I've, you know, and I'm have to talk about it and reduce it to that because it's really grown people afraid of being different, afraid of being the voice that's different. I have to give it up for my girl Judith. We talked about her last week in the um, Tim Wise group that she's not a space for racial tension. It's not gonna happen around her by family, friends, mm-hmm. at work, wherever. She's fully equipped and ready to go to work if she need to. And I don't mean like badgering people and jacking them up, but who's gonna be the difference that's different if you're not? Exactly. Because. If you take the old brick, I just read a, a meme recently. I think Anisia, thank you, you shared this. If you're going to take the bricks from your old relationships and try to build your new house, you're going to build the same house as the old house. Okay, what? Boom. So if you're not going to be willing to create new bricks so you can build a new house, you're going to live in residual and perpetual foolishness. And, and friends don't let friends do dumb shit. Okay, I'm just basically. Saying. And that's, I mean, that's really the round robin around, you know, with, you know the whole talking about with, yeah. with Cap and, and Nessa yes. and all that. Like, who are you keeping in your space? Yep. How and, and who and who are you who are you bouncing your energy and your space off of, and like and and where? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like having a partner that's dedicated to um, your your fortification, your growth. To where you can give that back and then some to the world at mm-hmm. large. Then that that's that's a huge thing to connect with, you know. And especially, and especially it's important to nourish. And um, fortify. Yeah, fortify. Absolutely. I was like, cause I, I use it like man times. So I'm trying to find another. Yeah, word. well, fortify is you know what? <laughs> so repetition like, is important. Right. Repetition fortify. is important. So you get that in your mind. Fortify, fortify, fortify. If it's not and fortifying keep, you, pra- yeah, practice of anything is. If like, it's not fortifying, you, it's not working. So that means mastering fortification of yourself and of other people around. And how are you fortifying? Are you fortifying yourself in foolishness? Right. Are you fortifying yourself? Are you taking personal counsel in your own foolishness, the old bricks that you used to have, and you building new houses? Because if you're out here building new relationships with the old bricks from the old relationships, you building a house that Jack built because it will be falling. Mm-hmm. So you want to be clear. And if you don't know how, then you need to start to learn how. Yeah. I tell people I was born 12 years ago. You're looking at a fully grown adult woman, but my consciousness was renewed and I chose to throw away all of the old junk and build it up brand new from, from scratch, starting over. Mm-hmm. And like got- the song said, the more you give, the more he gives you. Okay. Okay, yeah. And you Be keep with doing that. It. Be with that. And you may not restart just once. Sometimes you may restart a few times. So who much is about, given, much is required, they as long, say. As long as you're willing to restart, then you're in a space for... Progression, progression. But I look at it as you know, and I also talk about challenges. Like people say, "Oh, it's a problem. It's wrong. This doesn't work." It's a challenge. And since life wasn't, you know, this assimilation, we're living in assimilation, and it's it's based on rules. And if you're living by the rules of the assimilation, then you should be fine. There's always a solution to whatever you're going through when you're talking about the matrix, the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. 
there's always a solution. There's always a protocol that's already in place for you to work through whatever that circumstance may happen to be. The stuff that people are having the biggest difficulty with is their own stuff. The best, the worst prison is the prison of your mind. Mm. People can't seem to get out of the prisons of their own mind. And and this is what Ju- Judith was talking about. The society that we live in created the consciousness of racism. Mm-hmm. So the old bricks of society is racism. Are the systems that create racist responses. Mm-hmm. So if you understand that our system is creating racist responses and oppressive responses from people of color, mm-hmm. because to believe that these people are going to feed you is an oppressive mentality. It is a consciousness of oppression. To believe that you have to constantly go knock on a system that's not supporting you. Challenges how yeah. the soul the how the soul is. Yeah, and he's just a challenge is how the soul evolves. Exactly. Bessie says, uplift Uh, and validate one another in this life. Amen. I share. That's it. You just need to eat. You need to, you know, money as a tool. And if we understand that money is a tool, we understand how in the system to utilize it based on the rules that was given to us from the system. I'm one of the of 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 an evolutionary mindset where, you know, a lot of the things that I believe we function in my personal belief is that some of it is archaic. Um and I'm like like fortify, fortify, fortify is what I can say, yeah. right? Fortify yourself. Word of the day, um, write it down. Yeah, fortify, fortify yourself in in ways that support you. If it's not fortifying you, then you're gonna have to get rid of it, right. and that includes people, persons, places, and things. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go, people, persons, places, and things. Get up and go, be done with it, yeah. move on. Don't spend no time with that foolishness. Mm-hmm. You wasting time. What else is happening in the news? We're going to go ahead and we're going to leave that. We're going to come back to that fortification because y'all going to be fortified before we leave. They don't okay. need sound bites up in here. Fortify. <laughs> Own it. Period. <laughs> English. Study it. You don't know. Papa. Scrap. All right. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's something really quick to show. To, to, to show. Shout out to um, this dude. Uh, Michael Deppa. Oh my who's, God, um, he's a really riot. quick because I just want to highlight some some goodness, right? <laughs> um, the comedian, the comedian that's been making this whole thing go crazy with this uh, Big Shack whole man's not hot <gasps> man's situation. Man's not hot. Man's and really, not the hot. reason I want to touch on it is like it's not if you you gotta look deeper in several situations, right? Like this guy, he's made he's he's made himself an international phenomenon in just two ah, months. Shay, two months. Two months just by touching on just just going for it. You know what I mean? Like this guy's like literally like it went from a spoof skit. Yeah, on a radio you guys show. Remember, wait, you guys remember Weird Al Yankovic? Right, Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic was a guy like this guy. Right, that's the parallel. He where he he redefined popular songs that made it for himself and then eat it, overbeat it, right? overbeat it and made himself iconic in that sense. Right. We're looking at with something like Michael Deppa. I think I'm saying. I hope I'm saying this right. And. You know he's kind of re- reinventing that, but right. like, but just creating his own thing by being comedian, right? It's not like rehashing a popular song. He's making his own his own way, right? But you know what he's doing? It's a spoof on what's hot today. It, exactly. And that's what's what hot is. today is lyrics that makes no one plus one is two. Like really, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just saying. Right. And and then he's also spinning on you know the 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 cadence of today. Yeah, yeah. That's the cadence of what's hot right now. Mine's right. not hot. Right, you know? right. So, but. But I was, I was, I, yeah, it's the thing. It was, it was great about it is is that literally is 
he took something that is a very popular tool, hip, that being right. hip hop as far as his influence yes. musically. And then also, you know, making, in a sense, making fun poking of like, fun. what's poking yeah, fun, sure. having fun with it. And what turned into a, a spoof or a skit or whatever ended up being an actual, and it's a, I, when I first saw he it, I thought it was something before him. And came an actual song he performed. Then became an actual recording. Then became an actual music video and yes. an official thing. Like and and just since August, yeah. This has only been a couple months. I thought this was out for a minute. It's only yeah. been a couple, months, a couple months and made himself in this put himself in a space of um, what can be defined as success, right? Because success looks different to different people, different, different people. ways. But it can be defined as a successful thing. He could have been doing comedy for years, and he said this in an interview: he's been doing comedy for years and years and years. Right. He's not he's not some overnight sensation as far as what he does. But it's like all it is is like how do you find your niche how do you find you know what makes sense for you and your product and being cognizant of what just works in the space sometimes you don't even know I mean, he literally didn't, no, he didn't know he didn't, he didn't know. know that he was know. you know that's one of them things where you know what it was just a luck it of just, the draw right it was a luck of the draw somebody thought it was cool and it, it just became a thing right you know young lady recently beautiful black sister got picked up because of uh, oh yeah right the, the um sheep- yeah, but uh, how was it? Howard HBCU homecoming. Yeah, was it Howard? What, How, I, don't know. I believe it was Howard. Yeah, so one it young woman. Temple. I'm not sure. Right, because we're looking at we, we, this is a little quick segment about successes, right? Yeah, about so successes. So we're looking at like you know these young women. I didn't get her name, but I saw like I saw on on, on Facebook because that's like the, the new reliable news source, right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw on Facebook this woman, beautiful dark skinned woman, like. Black Onyx, gold, black beautiful, gold, beautiful, like you know, full, like, like smooth oh complexion. Oh my god, everything. she was incredible. Just by a beautiful. photo that was shared on social media, that went and viral she was like from her, from her at like with Howard Homecoming. Just from that, regular. got a modeling contract. Matt, and she's like, no, because I'm going to school for like biochemistry, uh, biophysiology, <laughs> or you know, change your stem cells, etc., etc. And um, no, so I'll take this little part-time gig, what not, what not, and pay for my <laughs> little coin through school. But right. I'm not dropping out of school to be no supermodel. Thank right. you. And she could. And very well be on high fashion, and that will be the end of that story. Bah, bah, bah. But she's committed to her education because right. that's what she came to school for. Right. Right. Um, and it was just incredible. Like, and that's just like a flu. That's just the luck of the draw, how that works. The thing about it is just being in as many places and space as you can. One love, Bessie. Blessings. Just check in with you later, hon. Sure. You can do the um, replay, and we'll chat it up if you need to. Yeah. Peace and blessings. Um, yeah, so you really want to be, you know, connected to. What what's your corner? Just yeah, be in your, your space. Works, yeah. Be in your space. Um without having to make fun of your space. Like 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 I said, looking at looking at like like I said with the comedian again, it wasn't like he was making fun of being black. He's just making he was poking fun of the whole experience mm. and was able to make something of it. You know what I mean? And but I, what I what I thought was very interesting was touching on this this um even with the girl with the modeling. Uh-huh. You know, when for a long time black women weren't even considering the conversation for a supermodel and things like that and then you had to redefine you know even by Miss America with Vanessa Williams and then you got Tyra Banks as re- and Naomi Campbell you know redefining well it was experience. novel right they, they crept into the space being novel right and at that time it was a white consciousness that decided that you know this is an untapped market and we want to start bringing these right. folks in and that, so we're going to piecemeal them we're going right. to bring Tyra Banks with her curves um, because Tyra wasn't like a size zero like the rest of no. those supermodels. Um, she started off as a Victoria's Secret model and then she kind of made it into came like in, high fashion and then she kind of like made a name for herself, et cetera. And became but like iconic in a sense in what she does. She definitely became yeah. iconic. She's definitely one of the, the, the pioneers mm-hmm. in terms of introducing, going into that space. You know, you're talking about um, 
Josephine Baker, you know, in the lights of Josephine Baker, right? Mm. Pivotal social consciousness pivots in our society that changed right. the wave of things. Um, so Tyra Banks is standing with Eartha Kitt. Yeah, right. Is standing with Josephine Baker. Focus up, right? So that's what's <laughs> happening in the space, right? Right. Where, you know, this is what you're looking at, the continuity. But right. it's also not like floodgates of black models out here, right. like holding this space that is a demonstration of society. So it is a casting that happens. When you right. look at the posters, you're going to see the casting. You'll see the Asian. Right. you see the Latino. You're now beginning to see the East Indian. Yeah. And you're going to see the black. And then you'll right. see three or four white folks. And what I found- it's never going to be. It's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's almost a reflection. The way they cast it is a reflection of society. Uh, the African-American people represent 13.6% of the American population based on the since 2010 census. Asians are about 3%. Latinos are about 6%. East Indians are about 4 or 5%. So this is what you're looking at. So once you look at that landscape, when they cast these posters and these marketing ads and all of this stuff, depending on what their outcome and jo- their, their goals are, that's how they do these casting. Even right. when you see um, television shows, you may see a bunch of television shows. They may put out because, you know, this also speaks to who has access, who has access to getting mm-hmm. their things seen and, and heard right. and produced, access to capital, access to community that's willing to support in a way that matters. Right. You know what I mean? I was looking at it in a sense like, you know, what's kind of just overtaking um, in American in American media now when you've got like I've seen a lot more uh, posters with darker skinned women mm-hmm. um, coming up in the woodwork well, and, and the promotion of like even though the, the young the young dark skinned girl. Uh, she was about ten years old. That, yeah. Like you know, that fought off the bullying and became like this this big success. She became a national success in her design and clothes. Design when she designing clothes <laughs> or something like that. She makes clothes. Fashion makes clothes, but also just in herself because mm-hmm. she's just this beautiful black girl who's like in herself just is a representative of like a symbol of like this what mm-hmm. black beauty is or what that look what that looks like dark skin beauty, melanated beauty, all these different mm-hmm. things you want to call it, and you know, and then like that, like the girl with the homecoming picture, all these things, and what's being pushed forth. You got Issa Rae. Um, you know, with her huge success, mm-hmm. you know, and and what's being spun in the media, and it's not like a, either here or there, but really just a, something to observe um, in the state of today, and how what media is catering to mm-hmm. in the black culture experience, and how how do we and hold is, these things right. going forward? Are we going to hold it as like, you know, and this is just to talk about this right, and it's something to examine. How do we do we hold this as like the similar of holding Obama? He's a president, black president now. We good, or do we like really look at it as a way to like tangibly and advantageously like take ownership of this and really push ourselves forward in in a proper Are way? We that, really? Like, I don't think so. I that, think but it, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do we hold these experiences? Is like, uh, we can we can look at it as successes, yes. But also, how do we hold that to push forth the narrative even further to where we're uh, understanding like there's still work to be done, and these are the steps towards getting there. And I do think, we then like mm, not falling into complacency? Is is it, what I'm saying? I'm just to observe. Yeah, well, definitely, it's something to definitely observe. But it, it really looks more. It looks like a. a, a, a tri- the tradition is for us to then look at these things and say, oh, we good. We straight. We making some progress. It's really piecemeal, right? And it really is not a substantial, you know, giving a few people uh, an ability to make a couple of buku millions of dollars. Like, how does that help the masses? Because those buku millions of dollars don't come back to the community. And so, See, it would be different if we're saying, you know, we're going to select a few of you guys, elevate a few of you guys, and you guys go and take care of your own people. 
If that was a narrative, then that would be okay. But what's happening is we're going to put a few of these folks, we're going to raise them to iconic levels, and then we're going to take their attention and have them, we're going to create little, I don't know, the, what's, 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 what, what sounds, Cluster, a little, little, of space, yeah. little, little, little minions. We're going to create little duplications of ourselves and our consciousness. Right. We're going to use the bricks that we have been, we have been using to build our houses. And we're going to train these new people from your community on how to build our houses. And that's all they can do. They're not going to be able to really like take this, this money and use this money, which is a tool to start supporting people of color and communities right. of color. Right. The communities that know the vulnerable communities, the, the underserved communities that no one is checking for. Right. So that something like <clears throat> Hurricane Katrina couldn't happen because some of this money, these buku millions of dollars, some of these folks are from Louisiana. Suppose those uh, those athletes and artists and celebrities and you know individuals who have these buku millions of dollars go back and took care of Louisiana. Then they couldn't gentrify Louisiana. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? If that was true of Best Side Brooklyn, all these buku millionaires that come out of Best Side Brooklyn, the ones you see and don't see, mm-hmm. suppose they come back, they, then, then they couldn't gentrify <clears throat> Best Side Brooklyn. Right. Um, so that's something to be concerned about and how we see it. Well, we see ourselves being represented in the media, which is great. Yes. Um, since we are part of the consumer, the huge part of the, the huge consumer part population. Of consumer. A, lot of, a lot of black dollars go into a lot of consumerism in America. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but like I would have consumerism like, like be be one of those things that we did away with personally. That's just me. You know, I would just do I would just be one. I would want to do away with consumerism and I would rather it be um uh, I would rather it be what do you call it? Creating. Bartering system. A barter system. Mm. Barter system, barter yeah. system. So that everybody understands creating value for someone else. Because mm. I believe we have a society where a lot of people believe that they can usurp and just take and have their hand out, but they have nothing to contribute. So when you're in a bartering space, when you're in a space of bartering, then everyone would have a gift. Mm-hmm. Everyone would learn to hone their skill. Everyone would learn to be good at their contribution so that they have something to trade with. Right. See, at this point, there's too many people who have nothing to trade with. Right. And yeah. a lot of times, those are the haters. Those are the ones who don't have a position to take about anything. They just go with the flow, with whatever is popular at the time. Hello from California. Good work you're doing. Blessings. I appreciate bless, you having me. Thank Shout you out so to much. Bless, bless. Bless. We got love for you in Cali. We got love for you. And these kids from California. Yes. <laughs> okay. Can we be coming through? I appreciate you, my sisters. I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And it's really important that we have. That, that's just me with the bartering system. You know, right. that's just my my personal. That's how. I feel and that's about essentially it. like in, indigenous, so to speak. Because it's like Absolutely. this is what this is before money as a tool. Money as yep. a means of currency, as a means Absolutely. of like give and take for some products and services. Like this is the keep being mindful that money is not real. Mm-hmm. Money was a construct created to control, you know, control, and, and, another and mechanism put, of control. Right, subjugate people to power struggles and like all these different things. Whereas <laughs> bartering was like if you had a gift, like equal value. It's equal, equal value for value. It's value for value. You build, it's value you, for value. You build this house. You bring food to you. Did X, Y, Z. All these different things. It's a back and forth where there's That's no right. use for money, but all use of like growth of, of the village, of the community, of the That's nation. That's it. Yep. That's where it was at. Until the dollar. It would help. Or whatever other coin. Kids. Yeah, okay. Yes. What if what if we implemented somehow the bartering system into our students during cater okay yeah, early early and it's you know a lot of this starts early but see what they want to do is then what happens with what, what starts to what starts to curtail this is then you have people of color mm. right because this is who always shows up first to 
to to what do you call it to diminish an idea like this people of color based on our programming our unfortunate racist no and biased and oppressive our oppressive programming though those black folks will show up educated as they are most of them triple decked stacked nice and thick with their with their bars general you know bars or what have you for their educational journey um they're gonna say well that's not fair because that's not a meritocratic space who created a meritocratic space? We don't even we don't even live in a meritocratic space right now. <laughs> we live in a nepotism space. It's who you know, and that's it. We don't live in a meritocratic space. We don't live in a space that if you work hard, you get benefit from working hard. You put in a lot of work, you get benefit. That that doesn't happen for a lot of people. That's like I have a grandfather that retired for more than twenty years on two different jobs. You know, he got his little, he get his little coin. That's about all he can. But you know something, the life energy and his life force that he paid into the system is not commensurate with what, he, what, with what he's getting out of it. And it just depends on where are you with that conversation. Right. And this is why I say fortify. Fortify, fortify, Because fortify. you want to really check in with what Not 45, you, fortify. Fortify. And it's going to be in, you know, um, our four agreements. Yeah. Uh, Don, uh, Pedro Ruiz. Um, what are you agreeing to? Mm-hmm. What are you agreeing to participate in? Because while you think you actually doing the right, oh, it's going to be a meritocratic space. We want to raise our kids, you know. No, actually, you just raised your kids to be committed to the community. Mm-hmm. You raised your kids to take care of themselves so that they can be in contribution to the community in support of others. That's it. And that is life. That ends up being life. Like the life that we're living, I keep telling people, is really an assimilation. And it depends on where you are with your development will demonstrate how you're able to see the space that we're in. And this is what's important about fortifying. And this is important. what is important about connecting with a society that is spiritually connected, inclusive, living in love, joy, harmony, and abundance now. Yeah. Who else we wanted to go through? We wanted to talk about something else, too. <laughs> um, let's see. No. no. <laughs> it's going to transition. Gonna um, transition. Yeah, but also, um, back to fuckery, I guess. So, Some more the whole thing with the Papa John's thing, that shit was funny to me. Oh. <laughs> that shit was stupid. Because, like, I remember for, like... I remember I used to be like, okay, Papa John's was a joint. Like it was like, like what four years ago, five years ago. Like I loved it. I I liked their pizza. You, you know, Papa I loved John's. I loved some Papa John's. It was just like it was dope until he started showing his ass. You know, and talking about what was it the health the health care for um the employees. He was like, nah, they don't get none of that. Why? I won't give health care to my employees. Why would I do that? That's insane. And then now this you is what got comes out of our meritocratic allegedly meritocratic space. Right, exactly. And now you got this whole issue with the whole NFL, the protests, and all these different things. You got the CEO of Papa John's out here saying some craziness, talking about um, his pizza sales have declined because since, of, since because, because of, of the protests, because of black and because people, because it's foolishness because with Kaepernick, it's really, and it's infecting the sales. Like what? And that's what he's concerned about. You're talking so about your you pizza. You talk about a meritocratic space. Like how does someone with this value system garner all his buku millions of dollars? What makes him? What, what has he? What has he contributed to a space that deemed him on the karmic scale? <laughs> I'm just saying, when you start getting fortified and you start looking at things from a different perspective, what exactly did Pop? What value is Papa John's creating in our space that he's now given this power? And he's deemed, you know, he has these buku millions, and he gets to say that, oh well, fuck black people, they right. pissing me off because they fucking with my sales. Right. Trump supporter, Trump sponsor. He's, I'm he's just saying. donating a lot of money to Trump camp. But to what Trump happens with that consciousness? Where does this consciousness come from? So. Raised in a society that creates the the residual of the system that has been created is such that it creates racists. Mm-hmm. 
Period. Oh, also, um, yeah, looking at that, also the New Jersey police chief, shout out to him. Well, I guess he was a, the former the police chief. police chief. Yet and still, he was in a position of power for enforcing law in New Jersey. Uh, um, that's yeah. special. Talking about, um, what do you say? And Line I'm paraphrasing. Up. Yeah, he was like, yeah, basically, you know, speaking to um, comparing black people, as he, and specifically saying niggers, um, to ISIS, and that it should uh, have, we have no value. And that if there should be a firing squad, a line, line us all up. There should be a firing squad, and he would love to be at the head of that firing squad, airing it out. What? Yeah, yeah. New the New Jersey, whether X or not, at some point was in in the position of power to enforce the law. Said this, New Jersey, not like That's you know some race, some southern state, whatever. Like New Jersey, like right over there. Well, for us. Um. Yeah. Well. Surprise, yeah. not. Surprise, not. not right. <laughs> like, right. Because the ultimate. Welcome. What, what ultimately is happening is that. America. This, America. Is, <laughs> this is what's created in a society. This is this is the cognitive dissonance that is instilled and inbred into our daily and daily function in this in this country. Right. Um, and this is why it's so important for us to not be sleeping. Yeah. For us to be clear about what is really happening. And there's some of us that are so like enamored by this experience of being alive that we're not willing to be <laughs> with living. Right. Right. Because being alive is not living. Mm, you get it. Yeah. Um, and that's a complete difference because inside of living is quality of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Inside of living is quality of life. And if you working 70 hours a week so that you can buy cars and houses, you don't have a quality of life, but you are living and you might believe that you are achieving and elevating because a human person, that's not necessarily the function of the fundamental practice. That's what we've agreed to allow to be our society. Because there are other cultures of people around the world that don't function like that. No. They don't believe that. They don't believe that we should have a society where everything about your ability to sustain living is contrary to your own physical and emotional and spiritual health. Mm. Like one of the things I hate when people when I hate hearing in, in that respect when people say, "Well, how you doing? Oh, I'm here. Are you exactly? <laughs> are you here? Are you really? You know, like yeah, like are yeah, you really here, or are you just like?" You know, going through the motions, just going of, through the motions of a vessel moving around. Harriet said, <laughs> exactly. said, with all the negativity that's happening in the White House, do we <laughs> think that 45 will last in office? No, listen, whatever. <laughs> Short answer, I no. mean, at the end of the day, whatever, but why? Because it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who's president. Black people, people of color, are not getting the biggest uh, uh, side of the stick. We're, we're going to listen as long as we allow it, as long as we have consistently been in, in contribution to our own oppression, because our ignorance and our willful ignorance keeps us contributing to our own uh, oppression. Truth be told, it really doesn't matter facts. what Trump is facts, doing. Facts, 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 and facts. So it doesn't matter who's president. Okay? We as a collective are not at our A game. We're not at our A game. Period. So it doesn't matter who's president. And, and, and just as. Every other president, black folks want to believe that every other president is a figurehead. So is 45. He's a figurehead. He's that's talking it. for somebody. Right. He's, he's a clown up there. That's well and good. He may be a clown. His, and, and check this out. We spoke about this, was it last week? Mm. Like, he's just, he's basically a symbol for everything that, like, Americans have been afraid to say in public. Mm -hmm. Now he's he's a symbol, symbolic uh you know, figurehead that lets us just like okay, you can open the gates. Now Your you can see what's cool. really happening with and real white people's consciousness. It. This is it's always been there. 
but that's been shrouded in darkness by no you know, we've been ignoring it we've been we've been right. ignoring it not shrouded in darkness let me not say that but like we've been ignoring it veil. We've, we've been clearly, the veil has been lifted the veil has we've, been lifted yeah exactly. now it's now it's overt and it's in your face it's yeah. always been there and it's yeah, never been exactly, a veil exactly so let's just be clear there's never been a veil you guys were not looking you guys did not want to see it it was sitting right there but you guys weren't paying attention Someone to turned it your shoulder. now it's overt and the light is really on and you're not going to be able to ignore the elephant in the room because it's in your face as a matter of mm. fact he's sitting at your dinner table with you every night mm. on the morning on the evening news 6 p.m. right on your okay, screen. making his address to the state every every week. <laughs> right. Talking some old crazy crap or crack, crack of crop or whatever crack, crap, crap. crack, crap. crap. <laughs> you know, all that some more foolishness. Always. So, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Who cares? Like, whatever. Because <laughs> you know what? Like, he he's like everywhere. He's like whatever. He's not. First of all, uncommon. Donald Trump took out full page ads in, in, the, in, the, in the Daily News to try to convict the Central Park Six. Back in the day, and come to find out, 25 years later, them young boys was innocent. I knew they were innocent then. But what he decided to do is use his power to present a case in front of the court of public opinion and assassinate those young men and killed them and took away their life. Those were innocent young boys that went to jail. One of them died in prison. Damn. So he can kick all of them rocks when you're talking about me. Okay, I'm talking about the clear consciousness. Now, I am clear as it's a space of development and evolution, but it is very clear that from that place where he was to where he is now, he has not evolved based on his actions, None period. In fact, he's gotten worse because he has more money, more reach, more access, more space, more people listening to him. It is what it is. More power. More power. More power. Now, that he didn't even know what to do with. And, and power, being in people's face and, and, and to be able to conduct people's perception is power. Mm-hmm. So, like Power I said, in the hands of a fool is the destructive situation. Force. Okay, same thing happened with Hillary, Margaret Sanger, who was you know dead set against Planned Parenthood. You know that's her mentor. This is what she said. So are you telling me you changed your consciousness? You decided that the lives of people of color and and pro pro choice is now the place to like decide to be on. Mm. Really. What doesn't usually happens with people as they get older, if they don't come out of their darkness, they just get worse and they just go deeper and deeper into more darkness. Ex- more accepting of their darkness. It just becomes like, <laughs> like I'm yeah, dark I as hell and I don't care what you got to say about it. Whatever. <laughs> I guess this is just it for me. I'm just going to be just. I'm just going to be like rock out and be a mean bastard. That's just what it is. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Blessings, my sister. I see you out there. Appreciate you. Sean. Sean. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> wait, wait, what did you say? Yeah. Giddy up? Yeah. No, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Sean Patel. Shout out Sean Patel. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What else? I wanted to. Huh? I wanted to talk about these. We free form. Yeah. No. <laughs> Stop playing. So look, you got, you guys got. Yeah. So yeah, we want to talk about that. So the, Ooh. we're still doing. Was it, yeah, we're gonna do. Today? We're gonna introduce a new segment. A guys. new segment is coming soon, starting in December. So. In December. We want to try to get y'all read on. Get y'all read on. We're gonna right. start with the new Jim Crow guys. Let's go with the call. Mm. I'm talking about sound bites. Peace, peace, Max. What's going on? Thank you Word. for tuning, tuning in with us. Too, folks. Show you love. Show you love. Sound bites radio. We here. Go but yeah. So. Go ahead, Nefra. So, yeah, we got this new segment right. that we're going to start introducing in December. A book talk. Soundbites book club. Soundbites book what discussion. We're going to figure on, it out. Come on, y'all. Get y'all book on. Get your book so, we're going to start so. reading The New Jim Crow, Michelle Alexander. I thought it was going to be this one. Change your mind. 
You tell me which one you want to do. I was saying that because you said it was six chapters, so it's cool. This one is six <laughs> chapters. Yeah. So, so let's start the with that. Jim Crow is six chapters. Okay? Right. So, <laughs> so we, can, we can, yeah, we can do, okay. Yeah. So we'll do a chapter every week. I mean, every show, we'll do a chapter. Yeah, every week. Okay, every week. And then we'll move on to White Like Me. Yeah. Reflections of <clears throat> race from a privileged son. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah, so it's gonna be okay, you know, each, each week an examination of you know the pieces and um, to the these chapters and these these um, reading materials that allows us to be in a more co- in more cognizant space of mindfulness around okay. social justice, racial justice. Okay. Um, ultimately, okay. towards. So I'm gonna go ahead oh, and give you a okay, quick she's blurb. Okay, give you a quick blurb. That's that okay. I'm gonna give you a quick blurb from the new Jim Crow, Michelle Alexander. And her preface is: This book is not for everyone. I have a specific audience in mind, people who care deeply about racial justice, but who, for any, pers- for any number of reasons, do not yet appreciate the magnitude of the crisis faced by communities of color as a result of mass incarceration. In other words, I am reading this book, I am writing this book for people like me, the person I was 10 years ago. I am also writing it for another audience, those who have been struggling to persuade their friends, neighbors, relatives, teachers, co-workers, or political representatives that something is eerily familiar about the way our criminal justice system operates, something that looks and feels a lot like an era we supposedly left behind, Mm -hmm. but have lacked the facts and data to back up their claims. It is my hope and prayer that this book empowers you and allows you to speak your truth with greater conviction credibility and courage mm. last but definitely not least i am writing this book for all those trapped in, in within america's latest caste system you may be locked up or locked out of mainstream society but you are not forgotten mm. locked up or locked out yes be clear of the prison that exists beyond you know prison cell Just walls because <laughs> it's everywhere so get your book grab your book grab your book grab your book Come in for the discussion. Um, you'll see the lo- the post when we'll start on chapter yeah. one, starting we'll start in December. That's why I want to be 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 on the lookout for a lot coming from the Sound Bites International page. Again, like and uh, follow the page, Sound Bites International, Sound Bites with a Y, and um, we'll be sharing a lot of content there. You know, the, yeah. you know, posts and uh, you know, bullet color rec- recommendations, mm-hmm. reading, you know, materials, things yeah. of that nature will all be shared. More interviews you know, and everything will be shared on that page as well. Um, Right, and we definitely want to walk through yeah. some of and unpack some of what's happening in your book in the book, <clears throat> and have a discussion on um, creating the narrative. Because remember, we live in a society where we've been programmed, and out of the or out of the programming comes an oppressive mentality or a racist mentality based on the system that we were living in. So it, 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 you want to be clear that it's a residual, right? Um, of what's of what we're we're being impacted by, and these things are impacting us through our media, through our television, um, through our education, mm-hmm. through our medical care, how and when we seek care, what we seek care, what our diagnoses are, how we're mm-hmm. being cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many the ways how, and yep. so many la- la- layers to how we are being impacted, and how the system is programming, and then what happens with people who are willing to um, acknowledge a system flaw acknowledge the system flaws and then also what type of action they'll take in response to it yeah because that's another thing because there are people who are aware and we have a lot of political leaders and a lot of people who are doing a lot of thought leaders who are in a lot of places doing a lot of different things 
Um, and I agree and then disagree. And I know how to, you know, I don't throw the, the baby out with the bathwater, right? Because I have a way of hearing and listening and, and extracting information, fact. And, and hearing what is in, in, in is going to add value and fortify me and that which is not going to add value. And I know how to shred things up and throw it away or leave it there, right? Um, so it's going to be important for us to fortify the way we see, hear, and, and react to certain information so that we are clear on what's working, what's not working. And it's very and it's very important to understand when we're reacting and when we're being proactive about our, our intention and around our movements. Like you said, with the knowledge is great, but what are you doing to apply it? And how right. are you applying it? And where are you applying it? And how often are you applying it? Right. Frequency, consistency, and um, you know, resilient movement. Right. Is what it'll take. It's part of what it'll take. Part of the conversation. Big part, though. Right. Um, I was really thinking um. Along the lines of Tim Wise coming in next. Yeah. Um, yeah and these so are two, the two starters. We're going to be keeping giving you. Yeah. These yeah, are the, the two starters that have been, you know, influential in a lot of, you know, what we've been thinking and sharing. Well, these well. are like, what, what, I, I consider these people, to, these two books, my particular <clears throat> reason for choosing them um, are around the fact that these are our current, their current thought leaders. And they're also making space Constantly. for a new frequency. Yep. They're making space for a new frequency. They're making space to, if you are interested, because some people are just really not interested in doing anything with their consciousness. They're good with getting their change and, and making, you know, and doing their little things and got their cute little people in the corner over there, you know, hey, good for you. And, and they're good with that. Okay, and that's fine. So this is my thing. Get out of the way of somebody making moves. Right. Like, that's all. Just move out the way. Step Don't add side. nothing to the space. Yeah. Don't take nothing from it. Just get out the way. Right. Don't be an obstruction. But what happens with those people is they become an obstruction. So these particular, these two particular people, they are in contribution to creating a different frequency. So because they're willing to get out there and do the research and then bring it back to the people, now it's clean cut and information. You can use it to empower yourself. You can use it to empower yourself. Like they're not telling you how to think. They're just presenting information to you. This is what Tim Wise had to say. And this is from White Like Me, mm. uh, Reflections of Race from a Privileged Son. Mm. Um, yeah. And he said, although there are certain discussions about the way that all whites have internalized certain biases, have been raised in a, in the, in a culture that so rapid, readily teaches them, there are also a discussion of how people of color had uh, inculcated those biases against themselves and often act from a place of internalized oppression. Mm. In other words the institute was clear that th that we were all damaged by this system it wasn't just white folks who'd been messed up there was nothing about the training that was intended to produce guilt a sense of responsibility both individually and collectively yes but guilt no right so yeah and this is how we be with every man taking every man woman and child taking responsibility for our system in yeah. our lives, in our culture. Everything we do becomes a social responsibility. Whether we choose to accept and take on the mantles or not, okay. every day, that's, I guess that's not the end of there, but in everything we're doing, there's a social responsibility because we're, we're, we are running on a connective thread of energy. How weak or how strong it is depends on how you move in respect to other people, but 
we have social responsibilities out here, especially with whatever knowledge we gain. And that's why you know, you have people like this. And I think this is important to, you know, look at these perspectives. Cause you got Michelle Alexander, mm-hmm. who is a, a black woman speaking for the, the black experience and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and what's going on even with black men and women in the, in the, you know, the prison mm-hmm. industrial complex. Well, what, and then wait. also looking at someone like Tim Wise, who is essentially white male, who has all the possibilities of being, um, Benefiting from the patriarchal white supremacist, white supremacist system, and, and and instead is using his voice as a means to speak and share these experiences. But why would color. he be doing that? Why? Because right. he discovered his own humanity. Exactly, and that's what. And you just dis- once yeah. you discover your own humanity, not mistake shows up in your life. Okay, you can't do nothing. It's nothing about it's That's it. That's what happened. The divine in me recognizes the divine in you because then once you discover your own humanity, you can then see the humanity of others. Yes. So that's what happens. And Judith specifically says in her post that, listen, I was a white supremacist. I was a racist. Like, you know, unbeknownst to myself, but this is, I was trained in the system. And then Tim Wise also talks about, well, black people are also trained in that same system. So the same system that fortifies and uplifts people who have had a white cultural experience is also the same experience as tearing down the consciousness and self-concept of people of color Mm -hmm. and how they are responding to their existence in the world, the choices that they make. Where they live, how they live, the, the, the careers they go into, who they marry. All of this is relative to how your social experience is with your world, nature versus nurture. Right? So, and what, what, does, what does Michelle Alexander saying? Michelle Alexander is, t- is ultimately saying about with this book, The New Jim Crow, is the creation of a new undercast system. Is These are viable assets in our community. Those men that are in prison and coming out of prison, they're viable assets to our community as a people of color. If our men, because largely there were men population populating the prisons. Now they've, they've moved into, they don't mind taking some women too. They don't figure out how to make them some coins on the women growing. prison. And the women population is growing rapidly. But what Michelle Alexander is ultimately saying is that we're only as strong as our weakest link. And if they have marginalized 2.5 million people, we in America, we, we incarcerate the largest amount of people around the world. Two point five in, in a free society. In a place society. called the land of the free. The land of the free. <laughs> like we got the this most in, like imprisoned people on the planet. But nobody is thinking about this because when you go to work every day, you could care less. Right. You could care less because you don't. You no, know, the prisons are on your block. There's no jails on your block. They always put jails in, the, in prisons in the rural areas where nobody see them, tucked away on purpose. Mm-hmm. It looks like a huge compound. And even if you drive past one, you're not paying it much mind. Right. Oh, it's a prison. They belong there. Oh, whatever. It's a jail. Keep it moving. They belong there. Like right. whatever. Whatever they did, they deserve it. And, and that's kind of the conscience that's been cultivated. Mind you, they had these young, it. these Central Park Six who were innocent men in prison for 20 plus years. Okay. And 20 um, plus years. And one of them died. And the guy, Colin, was Colin Ferguson. Not Colin Ferguson. What was his name? I can't think right now. I'm just like totally like stuck in this space. Right? Like, <laughs> Got you, but yeah. these guys were innocent and right. they were in jail for 20 years. They didn't do nothing. They were 15, 16 years old when they got locked. I can't, I just can't wrap my mind around this. But see, our willingness to turn our back on this caste system is what allows something like this to happen in our faces. Now, not to mention that that you know they were actually judged in a in a, in a court of public opinion. People of color then turned their backs on them. Mm. And said so they must be they must be guilty. Everything that they had was circumstantial. Everything that they had on those boys, I remember like it was last. Because they're like, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. 
I thought that was such a disservice. And as long as humanity continues to turn a blind eye to this kind of thing, it will continue to happen. And humanity is a collective. Humanity is a collective. I'm human as one person, but as a population of all of these people, this is humanity. And we have to do something about it. So Michelle Alexander's bigger point to her book, The New Jim Crow, to give you information about this undercast system, but it's also to say that you are losing valuable assets by having these men be marginalized in the system. They're coming back into communities of color with family members that they cannot actually contribute to because they've been, they've been programmed to be in a box with bars and bricks, which is going to affect their mental health, many of them. And many of them go to prison and don't do nothing there but sit for years. Hmm. Waiting and hoping. For so guess what? When they do let them all out, that's a turnaround because this is how the system works. So we'll fight, 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 fight for about 20, 30 years about this. And then they'll decide to let them out. And you know what happened? They will devour the system because they, don't, they haven't been rehabilitated. They have, they, and now they don't know how to reenter society. So now that's another hiccup in our cultural momentum that we got to now stop and try to pick these folks up and get them on par with moving forward. Right. Which then throws a monkey wrench in our momentum moving forward. Unless we fortify ourselves in such a way that we'll have this not be a deterrent. We can just, in, we just make a space for it, envelope it, and keep moving forward. That's the bigger conversation in that. It's a book about prison, but it's not a book about prison. It's a book about understanding your assets. Your SWOT analysis is a business to economics. Strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. Having these prisoners not come out of prison and not be assets in the community is a threat to our momentum. So that's why it's everybody's problem. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. It's definitely something to be considered. Um, what else? There was another one that I wanted to talk about, too. Um yeah. So, you know, and I oftentimes look at people as a, you know, we look at the people, we can do a contrast where they have uh, certain types of crimes. We talked about, you know, men of color going to prison for drug charges um, and they're going to jail for 20 years, which is kind of like on par with the new Jim Crow mm, uh, concept. But I was really thinking about it moving in another direction in terms of you have these men that go to prison for drug charges, but then you have, um, Certain crimes, certain crimes are demograph demographically. Demographically, there are certain types of crimes that men of color, the, the based on their their cultural upbringing, bringing where they were, what they were exposed to, um, and then there are certain types of crimes that white men engage in. Um, the shooting that happened th this week was like, I can't even believe this. Mm -hmm. Like you know this yeah. this major thing happens here in New York, and when within four hours the news it hits the news that he's a terrorist right and like examine like the whole idea about people of color on, on different levels and also the levels of which um the law enforcement system the justice system um attacks that because you got this guy who's he's not a white man um but he is you know essentially quote-unquote a person of color mm -hmm. mr um is this sipoff say safeful sipoff mm -hmm. was identified just a couple of hours after the shooting and then already there's the label of terrorist, 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 terrorist. And this is when it, it's, it's it's looking at that and how that looks in comparison to like, you know, we're looking at the 
the Las Vegas shooting and like yet and still this, this man has not been identified as a terrorist to this someone day. who to this day but you know looking at examining mental Mind health you, issues his attack back his look more like terrorism okay terrorism on fleek like you like, want to talk about like what 60 something people killed how many people shot yeah you know this guy he's you know already he i think killed up to, up to his, eight people yeah um hurt 12 and already was labeled terrorist after like four people were reported as killed you know and then you know and when it look at domestic terrorism what does that look like right so you got that but then even further i say that to say going even further he's not a black man and you know and what, what we have is this thing where he was shot they shot him but shot him they to detain him. him they didn't kill him shot him in the stomach in order to detain him and put him aside you know um and I, I just, it, it, when you look at these things, you know, for, for less offenses, um, when you see people of color, black people, black women, black men, old, young, um, aren't even getting a fair the hand shot. Of the, the hand of law is always heavier. Mm-hmm. It's immediately, like, the hardest blow that you can make um, when it comes to dealing with people of color, um, writing their narrative in front of the media, in front of the national and global media. Mm-hmm. It's always very heavy-handed when dealing with people of color. Right. You're you're not allowed. Excuse me. And I made a post recently. Well, was he a terrorist? Well, maybe he was, but that's not the point. Mahal goes out to those that were injured, and I'm not saying I'm not. I'm this it's too. This, this, that's, that not the, that's not. That's not. not the takeaway from the people who were injured, who were hurt, and who were killed, and the family members are going to be affected by that. That's not the point. The point is when you're standing for social justice to compartmentalize the experience. The fact that the man hadn't even been brought into custody yet and was already being called a terrorist. They were already creating the narrative as to how they want you to deal with this man in your consciousness. Exactly. It's how they That's want, what that was about. Is how we should choose to look at people and, right. and similar people in that nature. Oh, he he's a he's a Muslim faith or whatever. Then oh, like he we all Muslims and it, that's the narrative just keeps getting repeated in any of these instances. Whereas you know you like it's. <laughs> they even create a, they yeah. create a conspiracy theory around the Las Vegas shooting. Oh, there was another shooter in another floor in another window. Da, 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 so he wasn't by himself. Did he take all four thousand rounds of ammo into this hotel, knock out a window, and like let loose an automatic weapon on a bunch of strangers? And and, and allegedly there was he did this knowing good and well it was going down. This man didn't plan to walk out of that hotel. And I mean, just as what we know about white folks, he didn't leave no note. He didn't leave no 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 post on his Facebook page. Nothing. No manifesto. Very, very, no nothing. Ca- very casual. That's bullshit. That's bull. That's bullshit. Because that experience, he did not create that experience in one day. That was premeditated for years. So that man has a catalog in his den, in his garage, in his computer, in his storage unit. Somewhere he got a record of hating American culture or whatever whatever his anger was. Maybe, you know, certain senator is allowing them Mexicans to come up in here. He pissed about that. Whatever the foundation of his frustration was, we allegedly have no idea what that was. The Where the, the hell day. is the evidence? By the end of the day, Where's it, the information? It wasn't, it wasn't happenstance. That's the thing. It definitely wasn't like he just fell up on this guy. I'm gonna go around here and just shoot some people right quick. Like this that. was premeditated, and it was it was it was carefully orchestrated, right? And he meant to send his partner out of the country during that time. Like this whole thing was was <laughs> so, the, so the fact that he didn't leave behind no type of correspondence to the world left behind. You know, and there's also a thing where he wanted to leave a legacy for himself. He wanted to be known for something, which I can get that. But he definitely would have left some notes and some instructions. 
So the fact that that disappeared and they still haven't called him a domestic terrorist yet. Yeah. Because crazy. if that information was present and it was um, publicized, then we would know that he was a domestic terrorist. Right. So the fact, that they re- the, the, yeah. the fact that they have suppressed that information and decided to create his narrative <clears> that he was this kind of person and he had this type of job and he had this kind of money and, and, and his brother comes up there to say $100,000 for broke people. I mean, I don't mean to be insulting, but for broke people, that is no, that's, that's a lot of money. $100,000 is no money for this man. And he was clearly wealthy. I'm just, just saying, judging by, judging by his receipts, he was, he was, that was like, nothing. That was like if you can just like, here's $100,000, that's like giving $10 to my son. If that's how he's looking at that, then he was a domestic terrorist. Mm. Point blank, period, and end of discussion. Period. Because why would someone with such accomplishment in our society, which demonstrates he was pretty accomplished in our society based on, you know, the low vibrational, you know, right. standard that we have, he was pretty accomplished. Why wouldn't he leave a note? Why wouldn't he tell y'all what he really thinks? And just go shoot up all of those people, injure 500 people, killing uh, right. 60, 60 people, 58, 60 people. Right. We want to be clear on how the narratives are being shifted around yet and still around people of color. Yeah. Because then, like I said, we just around people of color, and then around black people, then around, you know, black women, black men, black yeah. children. All these different things. There's, a level, there's so Appreciate many like levels to the, to, the, to the deconstruction of, of people and people of color in, the, in the, the conversation of humanity. So we want to get clear on that. As I said, there's a conversation around black consciousness which equals a conversation around understanding humanity on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. We're going to music in a couple? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a music. Oh, don't forget for, uh, his other brother was arrested recently for child, for child pornography, pornography. Yes. And they are not cleaning their painted to be. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that conversation that I, was, I was moving to. Okay, awkward. Thanks, Jose. I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> Shout out for that but okay. see, what happens but yeah, is that was, we were actually, too. yeah, we were going to segue onto that. Like, there are crimes that are specifically like the criminal demographics, what have you, criminology. There are certain crimes for people of color, men of color. 18 to 25, 30 years old, and the types of crime that they're going to commit. And there's also another type of crime that's generally by either 18 to 25-year-old white males or 40 to 65-year-old white males. So you got 40 to 65-year-old white males out here, and they are predominantly, those are your, um, those are your uh, investment, your, what do you call it? White-collar criminals. Right, 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 yeah. Those are your white-collar criminals, and those are also your child pornography criminals. Those are also your sexual exploitate, exploitative types of crimes. Mm-hmm. Sexual exploits for young people, young men, you know, um, you know, Trump things that he can grab, run around here grabbing crotches. Okay, between 40 and 65-year-old white male, they're around here piddling and fiddling with children, sexual crimes, you know, um, they have, and then, then there's also like, you know, you got Eddie Long over here with these young men. Um, who, you know, that's a whole nother story. But these types of crimes, these type of age groups create these types of uh, crimes. And these crimes are not getting the type of, um, you know, the punishment is not fitting the crime. They'll go to jail for two years for something like, you know, child pornography. Right. Their, their, their sentences are so, you know, and, and to me, I, f- I feel like a grown man with a, with a thirst for a child, that is a crime that is not something that you can just get a spanking for and don't do that no more. Right. See, you have a better chance at reforming an ex-convict who was a drug dealer than you do 
uh, a child molester or someone who develops a desire for children. The criminal mind around that, the psychosis around that is way bigger than if you gave an individual who was a drug dealer the right type of work or an ability to have a skill where he can build up his own self-confidence and support his family, he won't sell dope no more. Like, and that right. would literally be like a part of his past. He'd never sell dope ever again. But a child pornographer, they will tell you the psychology around child, child um, molesters and rapists, if they do it once, they will do it again. Mm-hmm. Facts. But they only give them two years in prison. Which and if is, they got a real good lawyer, sp- they'll never go to jail. Prison, not even a space of reform in reality for any offender. It's madness. Sit right back on the street doing what they do. Out here tiddling with the kids. And you know what? In the new world, you know, it's a special place for those folks, man. Mm-hmm. We got a special space for them. And it ain't the Hamptons. Um, yeah, it ain't going to be no Hamptons. <laughs> it ain't going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah. Um, and, and you know, there are psychologists that believe that you can reform. And I, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, if you want to call it like food, like my, my wardrobe was from an 8 to a 22. Um, and I've been like this. So if you want to, if you want to compare that sexual that desire to the sexual taste for children, on and off again, on and off again, on and off again, yeah, no, right, no, sorry, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to bank my my child's life on some psychologist that came up with some crazy foolishness to my we're gonna reform child molesters. Sorry, buddy. Plus, it's gonna be necessary for the women and the men who have experienced this to get a little get back around it. I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sean is like, uh, weird, very common. Yeah, Yeah, it's very common. Sadly, it's common. Yeah, it's very common. Um, Um, Yeah, so we're going to wrap up. Yeah, we're going to wrap up. Shift the mood. Shift the mood. We're going to... Anything coming up this week? Um... Gee, this week, this week, this week. What's this week? What's going on? I don't believe I have anything this week. We got nothing this week. So, you know, but keep on the lookout. If something does come up, we'll share it on the page. We'll share it on the page, uh, We'll share it on the soundbite. Again, Soundbites International on Facebook. Soundbites Radio on Instagram. Instagram. Um, so, yeah, keep following us. We're going to have more content coming your yes. way. Uh, get into those books. We're going to be starting off with uh, in December book. with uh, the New, New Jim, Jim Crow. Crow by Michelle Alexander. It's been around, but, you know, it's these, these are timeless things that given timeless the times we're in. Right, so so yeah, get your handle on that. We'll be discussing that next month. All right, so uh, we appreciate y'all. Stay with us because we got yeah. DJ Zelo Ray, Ray in the building. She's gonna spin some tunes for us to close out the show, right. and um, just you know, raising the vibrations. That's what we're about here. Fortify, right? Not forty-five with slang. No. Fortify, <laughs> fortify, fortify is the hashtag word of the day. So um, keep that in your mindset. Keep that in your brain waves because we're going to fortify yes. each other with everything we do. We're mindfulness. I sure. Right? And yes. peace and blessings. Peace and may the ancestors keep you, protect you, and guide you in your day-to-day moving and walking. Absolutely. From my heart to yours. Namaste. Peace and blessings. Yes. I'm going to take yes. it over and give stay it to w- you. Yes. Yeah, stay with us. Let's rock out. We're going to change the camera angle. Let's do and it. Put it on Zelo Thank Ray. you. Oh. Thank you, Neferon Hazir, for having me. Of course, appreciate of course. You, appreciate you. Shout out to, oh, let me, sw- let me switch it over here, too. I'm DJing tonight at Ugly Kitchen. Okay, yeah, downtown, so yeah, give so us the note. Where's that at? Say one more time. Ugly Kitchen. It's downtown Lower East Side. Nice, nice. And what Don't time? Don't ask me the address. That's not my hood. Okay. <laughs> All right, so go Google Ugly Kitchen, right? Hopefully, but they're going to have some good vibes coming through, beautiful vibes. Absolutely. What time? Let's go. 
from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Nice. You can rock out And it's daylight all... savings, so okay, it's actually that... going to be more hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, rock out all the fucking yeah, night with DJ Zillow Ray. One love, y'all. Yes.
Yeah. <laughs> 